everyone. Welcome to the She's a 10 Times 5 show. I'm Lori and my friends Michelle, Randy, Marcia, and special guest hosts are mixing it up and joining me to do what girlfriends do best, chat from the heart. Whether it's celebrity stories or serious topics, we're talking about it and coming in hot. Join us as we bring you the aha moments of learning, reflection, inspiration, and of course, a whole heck of a lot of fun. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by... Are you looking for a story that will motivate and inspire you to be the best version of yourself or have a positive impact on those around you? Hi, I'm Vinciano, author of the Amazon best-selling memoir, Always Forward, a story of perseverance and determination in the face of life's challenges. Also, something very near to my heart, my story through organ donation. From the streets of Pamplona running with the bulls to the Pittsburgh Transplant Care Unit, I think that you'll enjoy a powerful book that will also hopefully motivate you to register and become an organ donor. Get your copy today at Amazon or listen to it on Audible or iTunes. Please enjoy the podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to She's a 10 Times 5. I'm Lori. And I'm Michelle. Can I say my name? This time okay wait start. okay let's do it again okay hey everyone welcome to <laughs> okay i stole your thunder babe you stole it i wanted to sing i know and you, you know my nickname in my you know my nickname in um my 20s was karaoke queen i bet it was they call me Mama Mia because you can't say something without me busting into some song. It's really a problem. It's kind of like Tourette's. It I love that about you. Yeah. Okay. I'm so excited about our guest today because one, she's got a really great movie coming out and we've seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. This thing it, is, this is crazy. It looks badass. It yeah. looks badass. It's basically about a wedding that goes terrorist on us and, and it's got Dolph. So like, how do you, how do you top that? So I'm really, you, you you can't, you can't because you know, it doesn't get better, but Luke, Luke Wilson is in it. That's the co-star. That's Nikki Whalen's co-star. Yeah. He's he's a super cutie. Yeah. And Nikki Whalen, oh, by the way, is our guest. We should have probably said that on me and we are super excited to have her because she has an interesting story. She's a very uh, well-spoken and direct and honest conversationalist. I think we're going to get a great interview about her career, but also about just being a really empowered woman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. We're going to do this, but first we've got the craw daddy. Randy, <laughs> Randy Crawford with hard. Yes. Or hard. No, let's go. Hi guys, my name is Randy Crawford and I'm a life coach. And my philosophy is simple. When we know better, we do better. No judgment. But with me, it's always a hard yes or a hard no. So today's show is, it literally is, it warms my heart. You're gonna be hearing from a stunning actress, both inside and out. And while she has a new movie coming out, what I love is she's gonna be talking about the importance of having a girl squad. I really wanna address this and I wanna talk to both young college girls, as well as the moms, because 
I work with a lot of girls who are going into college and sorority, sorority, it's like all the word and I get it and you want to be in one. But the thing is, ladies, it's so important that you realize there is no right sorority to be in. It's not like there's an in crowd. You are the in crowd. I don't know how many years it's going to take for us all to get that memo and catch up. But at the end of the day, you want to find your people because they're going to be lifers. This is going to be the girls that you hang your hat with. So now let me fast forward to moms, because what happens to a lot of moms is our kids are in sports and we hang out with that group of moms. And then maybe our kid changes sports and now we're with another group of moms. Um, then our kids get older and around in San Diego, at least lots of different high schools that they go to. So what do we do? We just kind of hop around and, you know, we constantly hear that it is so hard to maintain a good marriage. I'm going to argue with you from working with clients, both young and older, that it's really hard to maintain really good friendships because it takes work. And so I am coming in with a very hard yes to picking up the phone today calling an old friend who you love dearly and you know that they love you. And I guarantee you guys can meet, have coffee, and you're both going to be so much happier for it. Okay, everyone. Now it's time for our show. Okay. Welcome, Nikki. <laughs> and, Yo and Yoda. We got, Yoda. And Yoda. We, got the, we got the Yoda with us. It's so a full house you, today. If you hear some light snoring, guys, that is not me. <laughs> it's the dog. Well, well, and you know, not to mention we got the king and queen behind you as well. So th this is our live studio <laughs> audience we got, right? It's busy back here. It's very busy. <laughs> well, we're so happy to have you today. And, you know, the Australian accent is just so charming and you're adorable. But now you're an L.A. woman. I am. I feel like I'm more of an LA woman than Australian. I've been here nearly 17 years. It's so crazy when I say that out loud, but um, most of, yeah, my adult life has been here. So I do feel more American, even though the accent is very thick. <laughs> yeah. it's, but it's so cool. You guys are so sweet saying that. I listen to it and I cringe. <laughs> so I, I, for me, it's like, oh, but like, it's it's nice when you girls say that. <laughs> Thank you. It is. It's so sweet. I, you know, everyone, I, all my friends, they, especially like you said, love, like lovey or love. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I say it to people I've just met. Thanks, love. And they sort of, and it seems a lot, but it's just, it naturally comes out like love this, love that to the waiters, waitresses, everything. It's always love. So I don't know. I just, yeah, I'll probably call you guys love throughout this. We don't mind. Laurie, I don't think we could get away with that. No. And you know what Australians and, and well, and, and Kiwis too, and then English, you know, the British, they don't realize that us Americans have accent envy. Like mm -hmm. the accents really, you know, you give me a, guy with an accent and he can get away with murder with me just gonna say so you guys have got an accent to me and in all most of the movies I shoot in tv I gotta be American so I love your accent oh. that's right okay, okay yeah. well we want to talk about that so let's part of the show is we really like to dive into the story of because we're all about empowering women and women empowering other women so let's start with how you got going in this business you've done modeling you've done now acting and now you've got a big movie that we're going to talk about that's coming out so let's start from the get-go um i started out actually as a tv presenter um when i was really much younger sort of when i was 18 19 in australia and i kept 
getting giving hosting jobs and I was like I don't want to do this I, it's actually really nerve-wracking being a host especially in Australia a lot of stuff is live tv I would lose my mind but it just kept coming to me and then I did a travel show and a sports show and commentated sports and I was so in the mix and I was like I just want to be an actress and one day this soap opera called Neighbours which is quite well known worldwide um, approached me and asked me to audition when I was maybe like 24 and I got the role of this character I was so happy I finally got an acting gig so um, the acting sort of started around that age and after being a year on the show, I had some crew that I knew in America that had offered me um, a role in a movie over here. And I sort of took the opportunity for that to bring me over here and set myself up because ultimately I wanted to be here ever since I was 18. I'd been coming here and partying on holidays and stuff. And I just have always loved it. I was a cheerleader when I was younger. You know, I was a dancer, like all of that stuff. So it just felt kind of right to come to America. Um, so here I am, 17 years later so yeah it was a wow. lot of, a big big journey it's um it's no joke moving country it's sort of I know we all speak English and it seems pretty similar but I'm very close and I got a big family and we're all really close and moving country is one of the hardest things to do I still find myself adjusting in certain ways it's sort of you know, a lot of sacrifices sort of are made when really great things happen in your life your family just can't drive in the car and come see you, you know, <laughs> sort of, there's a lot of things about moving country that uh, I didn't realize until I actually did it. So. And when you came over, did you, did it start off with commercials and so forth, or was it because you had already had a uh, successful acting career in Australia? Did that kind of translate over to movie roles? It kind of um, translated straight away into um, movie stuff. I'd worked my ass off in Australia. I was like from 16, I was like a promo girl. Like you think about every job you can possibly take, you know, modeling jobs, this and that. I was doing five or six jobs a week. I was so determined and no partying, no going out. Like I really did focus and um, just wanted to buy property and travel and move to America. And I feel like it just sort of paid off. And a lot of it wasn't you know, I had never been to acting school. I still haven't been to acting school. I do work with coaches um, in preparation for stuff, but I really worked my ass off and sacrificed a lot and saved my money and sort of ultimately um, getting over here, you know, and getting straight into it. I had an agent already in Australia, which had an office here, which helped. Mm -hmm. but, um, I got thrown into the mix and I was at a good age too. You know, I was, this is what's 15, 16 years ago. I was blonde. I was in my 20s. So I was getting thrown in the mix, testing for huge movies over here. I sort of got thrown into it straight away. No idea what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, I'd come from Australia. <laughs> I was sort of like, oh. But um, I had like a really good run for a couple of years. Um, and then it's sort of the dynamics change as a woman as you get older in the business and you go through phases and stuff. So all of it has been just kind of it, it's wild when I look back. And I feel like I've changed so much as well for the better but yeah you really learn quickly living over here in LA <laughs> oh I'm sure and you've been in so many different genres I mean I was just looking at your background all of like especially the the comedic great like Kevin Hart and Vince Vince Vaughn and Jason Sudeikis like you've worked with all of them I know my first job here was with Will Farrell doing this thing oh. for <laughs> I swear to God, it's because like I said, I didn't go to acting school. I didn't sort of, I think I had visual, I know this sounds so cheesy, but I really think I had visualized this so hard and made so many sacrifices in my life 
and focus that I kind of zoned these people in. So then my first morning sitting in the trailer with Will Farrell prepping for this thing for HBO that I'd got and I was like, I, it was a really weird moment. I, I was like, oh my goodness, it happened. Like I'm here. And But all those years of going to bed early and really sort of paid off. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't yeah. just really putting that into the universe, a thousand vision boards, going to bed, thinking about stuff. It's sort of, I saw it unravel. So yeah. And I've got to work with, I'd started out doing a lot of comedy. So I got to work with, work with like a lot of the great comedians and stuff. I was so, I don't even think I realized how lucky I was. Like I booked a movie called Hall Pass forever ago with the Farrelly brothers. And I, I just, I was more in shock about and my performance and how I was going to do it to really realize who I was surrounded by at the time. <laughs> but I think that's the good thing about being young is you're kind of unaware. As you get older, you're like, whoa, everything's way more sensitive and heightened. And But, yeah, I was just whizzing through having a great old time, so... Yeah, when you look at your when you look at your all of, all of your credits, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like one right after the other, and I'm even like workaholics. I mean, that show is hysterical. <laughs> yeah, so funny. I remember auditioning for that, and I was so goofy. I think I wore these really goofy, big, chunky boots in there. You know when like big, chunky heels were in? I think they've come back in. I was just, I was such a goof. I think maybe that's what it was that got me in these rooms. I was had no idea and I had no fear now I'm like never oh I'm like so much more but back then I was just ballsy I don't know what it was and maybe that came off funny I don't know so <laughs> but workaholics was great those guys are hysterical and I love that you said that because they're a cool bunch of guys like they make they're all doing great things now all of yeah them. it's crazy how their careers have taken off but I I remember my husband saying you know he, one day I came in I was like what are you watching this was years ago and he's like, oh, you got to watch this. And I watched it and I was hooked. And I'm like, this is hysterical. And so that's very cool. You got to be a part of that. Yeah, I, I do. You know, but like any most actors, not talking for everyone, but most of us are like, ah, oh, yeah, still way more to do. Like you sort of, I need to stop sometimes and think, well done, Nick, you've done all right. Like you've given everything a crack and considering how hard it is, you've done pretty well. But of course my mind is like, nope, <laughs> so much more to go. But I think that's also what keeps you going in the business because it's not easy it's exhausting um it's brutal at times so maybe having that you know determination in your head all the time is what keeps you going yeah I would say so I mean I think that's that's and it's very typical of women you know never enough got to keep going but it is when you look at it on paper you should sit back and be like whoa yeah. <laughs> I mean it's, it's pretty incredible there are definitely moments and then there's other moments where I'm like, oh my goodness, I went through so much. You know, like you, there's the, the flip side of it, which is it's it's brutal out here. And I also, I, I'm sort of, I'm 41 now. I don't have kids, you know, that part of my life sort of passed for the most of it. And so, you know, I, I sort of think I've really focused on my work, but I look at women that I work with that have families and husbands and are doing kicking ass. I'm like, how do you do this? I struggled by myself with Yoda. <laughs> like, yeah. I am. It is, I am so blown away by women that do this with kids and families and school runs and because most of my girlfriends here have kids and I, it's unbelievable, more power to them. It's, it's, it's not an easy gig. No. Yeah. Women are, we're, it's super women, super yeah. women everywhere. It, it really it take, is. It takes a village for sure. Um, yeah. Especially when you're working a high powered and, and in your case, you know, you're in the public eye, which is, I think adds 
a extremely difficult layer and of complexity to the whole equation is that people are watching you and you can't have those moments of vulnerability because someone's got a camera in front of you or something. So, and being a mom, like, you know, sometimes we lose our shit. <laughs> so yeah, as women, I think we lose our shit in general as women. Like it's just, you know, in this day and age and we're in a time where things have drastically changed and we're trying to keep up with that and where we've got so much more knowledge and access to understanding why we are the way we are at our ages now and childhood trauma and what traumas actually do. And we're, we've got all this access now, much more knowledge than my parents had. So, you know, we're navigating ourselves through that and also trying to be feminine and stay in the, you know, <laughs> we're doing 50 things here, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a strange time to be navigating our way through things as women. And um, I, I just think, you know, like you said before, it takes a village. Well, women used to gather in the village and take care of each other. And, you know, that time of the month, we would all head off together and be together, you know, and, and support each other. So I love things like this when women get together. There's just something really yummy about, when a group of girls get together, we really can change the world. I really believe that. I've got great girlfriends here and we meet, a lot of, meet up in a group like once every fortnight and it's just um, we have a blast. You know, we really inspire each other and I'm more excited after that girls' dinner than I am after a date. <laughs> I'm telling you, I get so much more out of it. It's just, yeah, there's something special when women come together. Speaking of dating, what's that like in L.A.? <laughs> Ooh, I think boy. we I think we know what it's like. Yeah. I want to hear it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think I've had the luxury of sort of um I've you know, I've dated people over the years, but I've also changed a lot and I've been able to do a lot of that process by myself. And I look at women that have been married for 20 years that go through that with one partner. And I look at it's so admirable because it's not easy because we do change. We change our wants, our needs, how we feel, what we go through in life, all the things that we don't expect to happen. And when I see women doing that with one man and those two figuring it out, there's something beautiful about that journey. I have done a lot of it by myself. I've dated people for a couple of years at a time. I even got married for a second and I mean a second, but like, you know, <laughs> um, that in itself, navigating by yourself is also a challenge because, you know, sometimes you want the support. So the, the good news for me is, you know, I've been married. I'm sort of not in a huge position to really overly want children at this stage of my life. Um, and I really love, love, love my life at the moment where I'm at. So for me, dating is, it's just fun and it's exciting. And it's delicious. Cause it's like, there's no expectation for me. I don't need to get married straight away. I don't need to have kids, but a lot of women in their thirties and twenties do want that. So I see the struggle with dating here and I see it's a weird time guys. I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys are single or, or married, but it's, it's a whole thing. Like there's a struggle attached to it for sure. And social media and um, yeah, I'm just, I can luckily say at this moment right now, I'm quite good and happy, but it hasn't been like that. Always. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things you said, Nikki, that I kind of want to flip back to um, is the whole journey with women. And one of the things that Michelle and I have talked a lot about is, you know, I'm a 10 times five plus four. She's almost a 10 times five. So we're in that second chapter of things. I'm an empty nester. I am married. But I look back and I kind of grew up in my young adult womanhood in the good old boys club. And we did such a shitty job supporting women. And I think you said something so great, which is we now are so much more knowledgeable about what makes women tick and how to understand one another. And I think we've really turned a corner where we're more 
embracing one another and our flaws and talking about things. Um, would you agree with that? And you're a little bit younger, but I, I think that we have come to this place where we're so much better supporting one another. Yeah, I think, you know, it's like the, and, and on a superficial level, when women get ready for uh, to go out at night, I think a lot of the time we're actually getting ready for other women because women are the first ones to come up and acknowledge how beautiful you are and your outfit and you're like, yeah. So you sort of, when I go out with my girlfriends, I really dress up because we all dress up for each other because we care. And that's the superficial level is what I'm saying. But I think the more honest we are about where we're at, um, especially with each other, there's a safety is built. I think before we were nervous and people, there are still shitty people that are judgy and, and kind mm -hmm. of catty and malicious. There are, they exist, they're out there, um, you know, and we've all been hurt and broken some point in our life. So it's hard to keep showing up with your heart open. It, it's, it, but the thing is when the heart is open is when everything really shows up. And it's so, especially as you get older and you learn more, it's hard to keep that open because you know, you see circumstances, you know situations, you meet people like, oh, I know how this is going to go. You're hyper aware of things. But I just think it's a daily practice for all of us to continue to keep your heart open. And it, people are going to, you know, stuff you around and hurt you. But I think the vulnerability and the honesty, if we're all like that continually with each other, you just connect better. You connect better and you feel better. And it's, I think we need to do more of that because the results are only come out of it good. I, I, I know it's, it's being in, um, in the public eye and stuff, not massively, but at times I have been. Um, you don't really want people to see what you're going through in situations. It's ugly breakups and weird things. It's like, oh, and the embarrassment. But the truth is, We've all been through it. So it can be very healing to be like, yeah, I went crazy. I did this. I was upset. I was screaming. When women hear that, they're like, you did too. I did too. You know, and then <laughs> yes. we're, all like, oh, yes. we're all in this together. And there's, there's a healing in that. Um, so, yeah, I think we're better now at being more open as to maybe my mum's era who had to keep everything guarded and protected, but we're learning. And that's what I'm saying. We're pioneers for a next generation. And I'm not a mother, but I do see a lot of these younger kids and there's so much confusion. And, you know, they're also pioneers of social media and this whole weird thing with that. So we're all just navigating. And you know what? In 30 years, they're going to look back and be like, remember what they used to do? You know, so <laughs> like, we think it's hell right now, but they may think we have it easy in 30 years, you know? Right. No. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the movie. Because I did Whole Pass with Owen um, and it was a comedy and it was a completely different movie um, and it was when movies took two, three months to make and it's luxury on set, it's a big budget, it's a whole different vibe and now we're making movies, I think we made this in 12 days and Luke I think was on set for maybe two or three days of that. So two completely different situations but um, uh, one was a comedy and the other is, you know, I'm getting married to Luke in the movie and um, he's saves the day like it's really you know it's two completely different scenarios one's hardcore dramatic action-packed the other's just continually laughing and funny but they're both very similar I've met Luke before actually um, before working with him so it was nice to see him again I didn't know him that well but I'd met him before very similar the guys actually they even sound the same um but yeah I mean they're both pros they've been around forever you know they're awesome so it's always a treat you know, to get on set and be around these kind of people. It's, I still go, wow, you know, it's like so cool. <laughs> Did you have to do a lot of training for this movie? Because, I mean, this is action-packed thriller, a lot yeah. of 
guns like what what went into that um if, to be honest a couple of the movies i've done recently um i've had to be the sniper i've had to be the hardcore fight like last year they got me doing action stuff i'm like really at this age all right let's go let's do it so i so- yeah but you tra- you're a boxer you train though you're i've Same seen you bad ass in the boxing ring so this probably was like easy peasy for you it, it seems that way, but it's still last year I had to play a sniper and I'm, I'm not a huge gun person. I had to have a lot of gun training and that was, I am scared. I'm like still a girl, like I'm still fragile. I'm still like, how do I hold it? And I don't want to aim it the wrong way. You know, I, I have to kind of own it. And it's, but this movie actually, it's very action packed. But the thing I loved about this script, to be honest with you, it was at the start of last year when we shot it and I was at a very fragile time in my life. And to be honest with you, this character, I play the damsel in distress in this movie. So I have to run around and I do pick up a gun at one point. Most of this movie is me being rescued. And I've got to say, it was so nice to shoot because everything else I did last year, I was the one like kicking ass and shooting guns and flipping around and fighting dudes. This one I got, I'm just taken care of and it felt really nice. I got to stay in my wedding dress the whole time. So, you know, it's <laughs> it was just, to be honest with you, a lot. Yeah, it was nice. Nice into what where, I was. Where was that movie filmed? It was, a, I can't even remember the town. It was a couple of hours outside of New Mexico at this enormous casino. Who would have thought it was out there in the middle of nowhere? Um, it was a really bizarre experience. It was kind of like sunny some days and snowing other days. I'm like, where are we? I mean, I'm an Aussie. I'm just getting used to L.A. <laughs> So I end up in these bizarre towns, but and most of it was shot at this enormous uh, hotel slash casino, and we had fun. We had so much fun. Yeah, because when I saw when I've only seen the trailer because I know it comes out April twenty first, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I mean, the trailer sucks you in. I was like, this is. I know my husband's going to want to see this definitely. Um, but I saw it. Look, when they when they panned over, I was like, where in the where in the world was this film? So that's interesting place you can go stay beautiful location I got there I'm like hey look we could come out here and like go on a holiday out here like it's absolutely beautiful and I think guys are drawn to it because you've got Dolph Lundgren who's like old Dolph school. yeah I still remember I remember Rocky I mean the guy's yeah. been around forever he's a yeah, guy we saw that with Lori and I were, were doing our yeah our I was doing my Dolph team. impression like you know with the Russian accent and everything <laughs> from Rocky. Rocky yeah I do it for me yeah <laughs> awesome um he's another blonde like us and you know he's just he's a badass he still looks the same and and I grew up watching all his movies and so you've got this like and Brendan Fair and Luke and like just these cool badass dudes so I know there's a draw for men as well they just love this stuff you know terrorist takeover at a wedding it's hardcore it's scary you know um uh, Scout, who's another girlfriend of mine who plays my sister in the movie. It's our third movie together. Like I, she rang me up. She goes, are we playing sisters? I'm like, yep. She goes, can I meet you at the airport? We'll drive to set. I'm like, absolutely. So, you know, we get out at New Mexico and her and I are in the car for three hours in the middle of nowhere, no phone service. I mean, that was the opening of the movie for me. You know, it's, it's so, these experiences are so fun and the adventures are just, they're awesome. I know you're sitting there talking about, I'm like, I want to be an actress. That sounds great. Weird stuff, just weird locations and cool people. Yeah, you get to change, you know, you get to ch- different characters, play different characters and train different ways. I mean, I think that's, 
I've never even held a gun, so I can't even imagine being a sniper. <laughs> no. Well, it's I have. Lori has. <laughs> I'm ex-military, so I, I, you know, if you need a backup or, you know, a stunt person, just call yes. me up. <laughs> hey, that's I didn't know you had that training. That's rad. Yeah, well, it's been a long time, Nikki, yeah, so <laughs> I might fumble around a little bit. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I did not know that. So you've launching this movie and do you have any projects that are coming up after this that you're really excited about? Um, I've got a, a bunch of other movies coming out. I shot a, quite a lot of stuff last year. Um, so I've got some cool stuff coming out this year. And um, I have a, the last couple of years, I've sort of got involved with animal rescue stuff and have um, been doing a lot with Last Chance for Animals, which is an incredible company out here. And through that, I met um, an incredible woman named Rhea. She runs a sanctuary of uh, animals that she's rescued for years and years and years out in Acton. And so I'd been going out there and spending time with a lot of them and sort of seeing the work they do. And, you know, and 20 years ago when I was a TV host in Australia, I worked for a production company and uh, they have a show now, which is called Bondi Vet. And it's a very successful show they have down in Australia, but 60% of their audience is Americans. And I put something on Instagram that I was at the farm with all these rescue animals and they hit me up after 20 years. And he's like, we see what you're doing. Do you want to have a segment on our show? And I was like, absolutely. Like I would never go back to hosting. I never wanted to, but now there's an opportunity to do this show and have a segment on it and show about all the um, rescues and things that are taking place in the States. So I'm covering all the US stories now. And it's just, to be honest with you, it's one of my favorite things I've ever done. It's because I love it so much. It's just and now being able to expose it, which is the idea, you know, get the word out there, let people see what's going on in the shelters and things like that. So this has been a really great job. I'm really, really excited about this one. And it goes to air in a couple of weeks. We just did our first few episodes. So it's pretty hardcore. It's pretty, you know, intense, but hopefully everyone will be able to see that when it comes out. Well, you know, what's so great is at this point in our lives, when you can combine income with what I call psychic income, the things that make you feel really good about what you're doing. I mean, that is magic. Yeah. You know, it's really funny you say that um, because I feel like whenever we do our sort of our vision boards or our sort of you know, manifesting for ourselves, sometimes it can be really challenging and it's hard to get where you want and you stay, get stuck. Whenever I get my you know, self-involved in something that's universal, that's helping the earth, that's helping the planet. I am not kidding you. You barely have to do anything. The minute you put that into the, the universe, things show up. Like the minute I started posting this stuff on Instagram, two TV productions came to me and said, do you want to do something with this? And it's almost like, and then people show up out of the woodworks. It's like, it's like the universe, it sounds so cheesy, but it's like the universe knows and it can feel you and it just gets behind you. And it just seems like, the easiest thing I can't I wish I'd done this earlier and I feel that with anything whenever you're doing something for the earth or for the better for animals humans people want to help people actually really want to get involved um it's usually when it's the selfish manifesting <laughs> it can take a while but whenever I do something universal the people that have shown up to be a part of this and work for free and get involved is unbelievable it's like I don't know there's just something about the energy behind stuff like this Absolutely. It's just getting outside of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Which they say when you do down and out, they say, go and do something, go mm -hmm. and help 
somewhere, go and get involved in something. And it is hard to do, especially if you don't know what you're interested in. Luckily, this is something I really love. But I know, get busy doing something else and everything else starts to fall into place. And I think people really, people really do want to help where they can. You know what I mean? They just don't know how to. Right. It's like when you see these things on TV and there's huge, horrible things happening, like, how do I help? Sometimes if you can just donate $5, and I'm not even being silly, you think in your mind that's not going to do anything. But imagine, you know, 100 people did that. There you go. Boom. There's the meals for um, humans or people for the next three weeks. Like your every little bit counts. And I think people just will anywhere they can want to help. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, donating clothes or books or like you said, five, something, just do something outside of yourself to make a difference. And and that's when you start feeling good and all those things, the universe starts, starts speaking back. Well, I, I believe, you know, time, I mean, time is our most valuable currency. And when you can give your time to something, I think that is just as meaningful as writing a check or swiping the credit card for something you believe in. A hundred percent. You're you're so right. Because that is actually, it's one thing to have five minutes, write a check, but to physically and energetically show up somewhere and get your hands in it and move around in it. That's the most powerful form of energy. I think when you're actually in it and feeling it and doing it for hours, Um, the time is the most valuable. I couldn't agree more. Okay. I just have to make an observation. You are blowing me away. You are so bright and articulate. Are you going to do something on the production side or the creative side? Because I want to see a project that has Nikki behind it. Thank you for saying that. You know, it's, it's, I don't know, as we all know, as we get older, I think we develop a different kind of um, confidence and a different kind of, uh, bravery I know when we're younger we're more fearless but when as you've lived through a lot and been through a lot I think your tastes change and I think maybe in the next couple of years I might be ready and confident enough to you know do directing which would be something I would love to do um because I'm a little OCD you know <laughs> so I like to have you know you know as women we all are we all are you know what I mean? you're talking to two others yeah <laughs> we both are like yeah that's yep. us I think um, you know, when you've been through a lot and you women, I know you have, and I know you've been on the planet and you get it, you realize how, I don't know if you agree, but I can get 50 things done in one day. Like when you give me jobs, let's go. Like I rally and you realize how amazing we are as women. And we really are great at multitasking. And therefore I think this would be great on a movie set. Cause you see these directors going, they've got 50 things and people to answer to and decisions to make. And I know that I, this, Thank you for saying that. That would be something I would like to get into. And, I, and it would mean exploring my creative side in that area, which would be another thing I'm going to have to cross, come up to and face at some point. So it'll definitely be something I dive into in the future. But yeah, I, I don't know if you guys agree, but do you feel like we can, like you guys can do this show and I bet you've already done 12 things before you got on camera this morning and you've run the house and the house is clean. Everyone's off and, you know, we're, we're yeah. amazing. <laughs> I say it, uh, Lori knows, We I talk about it regularly. I'm like, the amount of things that we get done, like if somebody followed it around, they'd be like, are you insane? <laughs> like, that's just how we work. Women are, we're wired this way. We can multitask. I always say we have like 10 tabs open at all times. Yeah, it's so true. I know. Yeah, Michelle and I tease each other because we have to slow each other down sometimes because we have each one gear and that is 
capital G, capital O. And so, and that's, you know, how you're, how we're wired. And, you know, it's interesting though. I, I did, another observation is I do think that as, you know, we get older and things change and you talked earlier about relationships change and, you know, if we have kids, they go off and they do their own lives. I do think some women can get complacent and stuck. And I hope that, you know, what you're saying inspires them to go out and and take risk and do something fearless, because I think that is so important to shake off the dust. And sometimes that's a, not an easy thing for midlife women. It's insanely difficult. And women, especially around in their 50s, around that age, we age really quickly too. So we've got that whole thing going up against us. Men get better with age for the most part. Yeah. And we can so not only, and that is a real thing, and you don't get it until shit starts moving on your face and your body, and you're like, hold up. <laughs> Where did that come from? Every morning it's like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like, so not only are you required once your children have left home to reinvent yourself, you also don't look the same way as you used to, and it's a very real thing. And um, whatever that means for you, you know, however you look and however you're, you've got so much going against you as a woman, and especially if you become single in your fifties, it's not easy meeting men in your fifties. Especially the the everything, the, the you know, the stakes are higher and higher, and everything shrinks. So really trying to find and reinvent yourself as a woman when you get to your late forties, early fifties my goodness, we need to stick together more and more in this this time and really take care of each other and listen to each other and support each other. It is a, an enormous challenge. And when you, the, like all the credit to women that have raised children as well as worked as well, but when you stay home and you raise children every day, school drop-offs, activities on the weekend, no sleep, all of that stuff, you do lose your identity whether you're single or whatever it is. And I was watching a group of women in my circle go through this now. And it is a really big, I've said, we've sat in tears at the table going, where do we go from here? How do I, I don't even know what I like. Ask somebody what they want to do. A lot of the time, a lot of people go, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I like anymore. I don't even know what food tastes good. I just eat what I make the kids every day. <laughs> Everything in your world changes. And so we do need to talk about it. We're all going through it. We're always reinventing ourselves. We are aging. It's not easy. And, you know, it tends to be, especially in our business, a lot, a lot of these older men tend to go straight to young women. We're like, <laughs> we're sort of in this area. But there's also when you really lean into it, there's an incredible power. When you really own it and where you're at, something happens and your heart starts to open. And it's not the way it used to be. It's mm -hmm. different. But the different, if you really indulge into it, there's some magic in there and we just got to talk about it and support each other and help each other find the things that we love and want to do. And that that can take a couple of years, especially if you've raised kids. That can take 10 years. By the time you're 60, you're like, all right, now I sort of know what I want to do. But there's nothing more fabulous than a glowing woman at 60 that finally has found herself again. It is just, it's. there's nothing more beautiful. And it's a different beautiful, you know what I mean? It's not a 25-year-old youthful yeah. of life. It's a badass queen at 60, you know, or 50 or whatever it is. Preach. Yeah. You, you're hitting, I mean, you're hitting like, all the words that I, I don't know. live by. Yeah. I mean, like she should be running this show, Michelle. I mean. I know, I was sitting here, I know. And it's interesting, like, our, <laughs> our upcoming, our I'm, I own a magazine. The upcoming issue is uh, the theme is better with age. And we talk about this exactly what you're talking about. It really is. I mean, 
there's so many factors that change, but at the end of the day, it's that confidence. And it's, there's just, there's, there's that, that different level that we do get better with age, but there's a lot of moving parts that, that are behind the scenes, um, you know, internally and the external, and, and we've got to talk about it and we've got to support each other. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things, you know, with my, I have a like 18 women, I'm a girl's girl that I, they're in my foxhole with me, so to speak. And we talk a lot about this topic. And I think one of the things that it's hard to bridge, one of the speed bumps is fear. And we're afraid to fail. And what will that look like? What will my kids think? You know, am I going to waste my time? And so we don't put ourselves out there. But when we do, what's magical is I think we galvanize as women behind those women that kind of say, you know what, I'm putting my hat in the ring. I'm getting in the arena and I'm going to put on my gloves and I'm going to go for it. And if I fail, I fail. And I do think we rise up to the challenge to support one another in a, in a magical, magical way. A hundred percent. And I listened to a, a wonderful author, um, Michael Singer. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's written um, a couple of books. He's, he's amazing. But I listened to a lot of his lectures and he constantly talks about letting that, you know, that fear. And I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because you spoke about fear. You feel it in a thousand things a day and you're not even aware of half the things you're fearful of. But the reason why maybe when you do a drop off for the kids or you you have to go to the supermarket, you don't look great. Anything, whatever it is, the amount of fear that lives in us on the day-to-day basis and the weirdest, smallest things. And to really be aware and awake with that. And as you feel it coming on, let it sort of trickle through the body and take the stages of the anxiety. Let it go through you. And it doesn't last that long. The minute you sort of open up and bring it in, it drifts through your body really quickly. And then all of a sudden you're out and you're off and you've sort of passed it and it, it leaves you. And it is, it's constantly working through these fears. Gives a shit if you fall, get up again. See, as a kid, you do it right. But for some mm-hmm. reason, when we're older, we think everyone's looking at us. No, they're not. They look at you for 30 seconds and then they're back to looking at themselves. Seriously, you know what I mean? It's like it's like walking into a place and you trip over and you fall down, you're like, oh my god. But everyone turns around and goes, ah, we've all done it. You know, you've kind of got to keep that and it's so basic and easy to say, but you've got to keep the attitude. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Truly. It is what it is. And we as you get older as well, you see how many people you lose and start passing away without being too morbid. But you see how quick we're here for. Absolutely. We talk about that all the time. I mean, it just, and it's, it, it happens as we age, it starts to happen more frequently. Right. And then, so if we can pass that message down, like, just don't worry about it. Who gives a shit? That should be our <laughs> tagline. Yeah. Who gives a and shit? You really? Ain't got time you've for that. <laughs> yeah. You've got to swear and you've got to be really blunt about it. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It. Oh, it didn't work. Let's try another thing. Who cares? Right such limited time and i i wish we could apply this to the younger generation but yes they need to hear this message because everything is crisis everything is bigger than it is i always say that i'm like it's wasted on us right because as we get older we understand that but when we were younger everything is just as big as it can possibly be like the sky is falling at all times and you know i have nieces and i'm always kind of in that i hear the stories i'm like it's okay you're not going to even remember this in five years like Trust me. It's so true, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's wasted on the young. Is that the saying? (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I call it, you know, seeing the forest through the the trees there, they get caught up in the trees and the, and trees can be daunting, but 
yeah, we kind of can see the forest and I know we were the same way, Michelle. And yes. Oh, a hundred percent. I was very young. Yes. Yeah. I was a total mess. Drama, you know. Oh, we're women as well. Add that yeah. on top. But you know, Absolutely. you're people that are um shamans and there's shamans that you can go see. You're not allowed to become a shaman until properly until you're at least 40. It starts at 40. So it's interesting that I guess kids do have to make a few mistakes and do have to fumble and bump through things because we can tell them till the cows come home, that, don't yeah. do that, don't worry about it. But I guess they have, for whatever reason, they have to feel it. They have to feel the trauma of it. And then, yes. you know. That's how, we that, That's how we grow. It's it's You learn more through the mistakes in life than anything else. And so, you know, you we're just sitting back kind of watching and thinking, you know, we understand. And then all we can do is kind of be like, It'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be okay. It's like falling off a bike. It hurts. You graze your knees, smash up your toes. I remember my mum, <laughs> we grew up in Australia. We never wore shoes on the bike. We'd get smashed. My mum would come <laughs> inside, put is it Mercurocone? Is that what it's called? That red ointment? Put it all over everything and smack down <laughs> the ass and get back out there. And I was like, Whoa. so you know, so like it's kind of like that. Like, get back out. Let's go. You don't have time. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. I love this. Nikki, I feel like we could talk to you for like five hours. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. It's so yeah. nice. I was watching your Instagram before you got such beautiful stories and awesome women and everything's just delicious. That's the word that comes up. Oh, <laughs> oh thank, thank you. you. Well, let's tell people where to find you. And uh, if you want to give any more information on the movie coming out on the 21st, fire away. It's it, the best man. It comes out on the twenty first of April in theaters, um, and then on demand after that. And I'm I'm just on Instagram, Nikki Whelan. I have Facebook and Twitter, but I never use them. <laughs> so there I am. There's some bits and pieces out there. But thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be on a panel of blondes. <laughs> yes, smart blondes. We we totally broke the stereotype today. We did. Yes, we did. <laughs> we nailed it, ladies. All right, make sure you go follow Nikki's Instagram because she has great things about the project she's doing with animals. You, She's a good dancer, by the way. <laughs> you do, you, you, got, you got moves. And you can see her in the boxing ring, which I'm actually gonna take a boxing class. I've been asked to do it and now you've inspired me to do that. And check out the trailer because the movie coming out is badass. Intense. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I was leaning into that trailer like something fierce. So thank you so much, Nikki, for being with us today. And thank, thank you. you, everyone. I hope this interview inspired you. It certainly did me. Right, Michelle? Absolutely. Okay. Until next week. Adios. Follow us on Instagram at she's a 10 times five. You can click on the link in our bio to listen to all of our previous episodes, as well as check out our live video interviews over our YouTube channel. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, pretty much wherever else you decide to listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe.